Welcome to hell. Who gives a shit? Welcome to Radical Research, episode 66, you freaks. Been a while. We've had some delay between 65 and 66, you've probably noticed. It's mostly due to a medical challenge that my ever awesome co-host, Hunter Ginn, had to face. Hello, Hunter, and uh, glad you're amongst the living. Hello. Good to be amongst the living. Yeah. Um, this seems like a perfect place to pick up. Cataclysm? I, I, I had a a colonic hyperblast <laughs> was is, is that is that what the, the i mean it, the, in, in medical yeah yes in in clinical terms yes <laughs> a colonic hyperblast <laughs> well again glad you made it through that was pretty scary you spent uh, almost a week in the hospital and yeah. uh the, the the thing i wanted to say about that was i knew you were better and and back and uh, facing a positive way when the day you got back from the hospital, uh, we talked a little bit and you were like, just kind of going off on, on how uh, excited you were to be watching this brutal truth video from 1994. And I thought, well, <laughs> you know, first day back from the hospital and you're, you're diving into some live brutal truth. I thought, oh, okay, he's better. <laughs> need, need to control probably a top 20 album of all time for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and life affirming as always. Not lost on me, too, um, that Peter Steele basically died 10 years to the day that I was in the hospital from essentially the same thing. Yeah, a, a diverticulitis. Uh, very, and and uh, based on what the doctors told me, had I waited two or three more days, that could have been my fate. I've, I learned in writing Soul on Fire uh, and, and learning about Peter's actually, you know, real cause of death, because it's still out there in, in some quote unquote official places that he had a, a heart failure. But no, it was Meckel's diverticulum and that um, diverticulum calls heart failure. It can the, the, yeah. this this um, but this condition, just about any diverticulitis can uh, has a very narrow window in terms of like treatment. You're, you're skating on thin ice when you've got it, basically. So I'm glad you got help in time. Pretty scary there. And um, yeah, thanks to all the radical yes. research listeners who Did, sent you a lot of great positive thoughts. Seriously, 
my my heart goes out to all of you guys. Definitely a part of the healing process and incredibly grateful for all all the love, all the well wishes, everything. Thank you guys. Awesome. Yeah, we have a nice little community here. Yes. And and because of the sort of delay and, and, and some of the things we've wanted to tackle uh, in the next few episodes, we decided to put the announced uh, Manowar focused episode on hold. We're going to do that in a few episodes. It's going to be kind of a big one because it's not just Manowar. It's going to be uh, looking at a lot of other bands who probably have taken some kind of page from that band and thrust it into a sort of a more modern framework. So we're going to wait on that one. And we decided to... You had approached me um, a while back, just a couple months ago, about uh, a Sylvain Hood episode. Um, Sylvain Hood being the original vocalist for Cataclysm in their earliest days. You and I are huge fans, not only of that era of Cataclysm, but certainly of the vocalist. And uh, at first I thought, well, you know, that would be a really short episode. Maybe we'll do a 0.5. But in thinking about it more, we just decided that we're going to do, uh, you know, eight snippets focusing on on Hood's genius. Yeah, we're just going to make this 66. And, you know, certainly the next few episodes we have planned are going to be a little more bulky in terms of um, execution and content. And while we're giving love, just wanted to shout out to Derek at uh, Peach Pit Metal Podcast website, all around uh, Canadian brother. Um, He has been a, a long time supporter of canvas Solaris and radical research did an interview with him today which was one of the most thoughtful and pleasant interviews that i have ever done in my life fantastic yeah and this interviews is- can interviews can be uh grueling this was just a pure pleasure and where, where would we be able to find that interview once it's posted you can uh find that interview on the peach pit which is Peach Pit Metal on Instagram or at www.peachcityradio.org. Awesome. And I guess we should explain to people that uh, if they didn't know that you're in a band called Canvas Solaris, you haven't recorded an album in a long time. You guys finally have another one coming out uh, in a couple of weeks, I believe. Yeah, that's why you're doing interviews. And uh, that's pretty exciting to, to have another Canvas Solaris record. We, yeah. we actually got our first review today that of, of which I'm aware it was um, a four out of 10. And the main gripe is that if only there were vocals. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love well, it. unfortunately there aren't. Right. That's amazing. So speaking so, of vocals, speaking of vocals, yeah, too, too bad you didn't have Sylvain. Who that's that's why we're here. <laughs> we're going to dive into Cataclysm's early era, like I said, with their first vocalist, Sylvain Hood. There's no question that once Sylvain departed Cataclysm, that Cataclysm turned a stylistic corner. They had to, as Sylvain had such a unique vision, and it really kind of steered the creative process, as I understand. And I had uh, an opportunity to host the band uh, at the house I lived in with Pellet when I was at Relapse. We can talk about that in a little bit, a little more, because I had some interesting conversations with some of these guys. But what I gathered from them was that Sylvain was so manic in his creative process that the band just simply had to fall in line with what he was doing vocally uh, and, and kind of create the music from sort of that viewpoint. 
And I think when you listen to their music, it, it does seem to be sometimes <laughs> pulling against Sylvain's total chaos and, and trying to make some, some, some sort of concrete sense out of everything. And then at times it is just, they're completely locked in and other times it, it just sounds like a hell of a mess. But I think it's the beautiful thing about early cataclysm is just how off the rails it, yep. it, really, it really is. So with focus on this guy's vocals, and sadly, uh, he hasn't done anything since. And we will we'll talk about that a little more as we go. Uh, we're going to stick with the Mystical Gate of Reincarnation EP. Uh, the song we opened up with was Frozen in Time. And we're going to jump to Mystical Plane of Evil. This is an EP that came out on Nuclear Blast in, was this a 93 album? 93 EP? Yes. indeed. Well, well, well. How about, how about that? Mystical Plane of Evil. Unlike a lot of extreme metal where the vocals are just a supplement, here the vocals are sort of at the center of the chaos. And I think that you heard from the ending that there is a great deal of effort being put into the music as well. But the Sylvain Hood's vocals pretty much steer the ship and as we as we go on somehow the vocals will become even more ubiquitous and even more chaotic <laughs> yes indeed yes indeed temple it, it of just, knowledge yeah tem- temple <laughs> okay let yeah you're right we'll, we'll get there yeah we will get there but, but I mean, you, you are hearing the work of, I, I think, what can only be called a visionary. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's the, the multi-level vocals he does. He'll, he'll scream, he'll chortle, he'll gurgle, he'll get really low, he'll, he'll uh, just sound like a raving maniac. We, we need more chortling. Yeah, chortling. <laughs> there, 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 really, there really isn't enough chortling today. There's even a laugh in, in uh, one song on the EP. 
um, her, 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 you know, like it's a damn good laugh too. We've talked about metal laughs, and that's we that's have. One. He throws a lot at you, and I think the charisma is just so seductive. I guess because it's, yeah. it's I think it's relatively easy actually to fake the sincerity and delivery of death metal vocals. I'm not going to say anybody can do it. Not everybody can do death metal vocals convincingly, but I do think it's easy for a lot of people to just skate by and deliver the kind of requisite death metal vocals one would expect. And that's all well, well and good. I, I, I guess. Think it, yeah. I think that expectation is the thing. I think like listeners expect so little from the artistry of death metal vocals yeah and unfortunately it it sounds like a joke to well some people that are into it and then people that far outside of it it you know it poorly delivered death metal vocals do sound and i and i hate this term but they sound cookie monster right so it's rare i think when you have a sylvain hoot uh this is he's delivering on a level uh that i think is comparable to say aaron stainthorpe's early stuff in my dying bride uh, Lori Bravo from Nuclear Death, um, these sorts of people who had, had a completely other, different, and deeper depth to what they're doing, I think, uh, just at least to my ears. I, as you mentioned, his vision is just absolutely clear. The entire experience is sort of terrifying, uh, a little mm-hmm. bit beautiful. Uh, and the expulsion is just, it just sounds like he's born to do this and has to get this out. There's just a, it's just very convincing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a complete immersion. And if you if you watch him live, uh, there's that infamous show from the wetlands in New York. I happened to be there. That was while they were staying with me in in the summer of 95. You know, he's he's scary. Like he's you you know, you watch him stalk the stage from stage left to stage right and back again. And just all his gyrations and gesticulations and, you know, all, all, all the vocal delivery that he's doing. I mean, it's. It's really impressive. It's almost uh, like watching a great athlete perform. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. You know, and, and death metal at its peak achieves the sublime. It's a rare thing. We are in the presence of Mont Blanc right now. This, to me, is sublime death metal. No doubt, no doubt. Let's check out another example from the Mystical Gate of Reincarnation. Uh, This is a song, uh, part of a song called Shrine of Life. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, I think I mean the energy in this band at this time is just so incredible. And you know, I haven't talked to these guys for a while, uh, and I don't want to say disparage uh, any of their later music, but it just um, it was a completely different band after Sylvain left, and and I think the delivery. Uh, and the writing and everything just was completely changed. I mean, they could have changed the name of the band, uh, quite honestly. I almost feel like they should have. Yeah, it's just there's so much, so much of a stamp that Sylvain puts on this music. And again, not to denigrate the the, the players of the music, uh, Jean-Francois on guitar and Maurizio Iacono on bass and um, Max Duhamel on drums. Each gives quite a bit of character to the music, no doubt. I remember when they stayed with me, they all had three of them anyway, had uh, the Cataclysm logo, the circular logo, really great logo, by the way, tattooed on their arms. And Max, the drummer, said he was going to be getting one. But then in the same place that they had their Cataclysm tattoos, he had a Queensryche tattoo. It was the, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, the symbol that Queensryche uses on every album, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I, I kind of got a kick out of and was a little bit surprised, but he was a Queensryche fanatic. And uh, the other guys seemed a little bit chided like, oh, I guess we're, our band is not good enough and you got to go with the Queens right thing, but <laughs> well, happens. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 another band that should have changed their name. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like Nathan has always said, like he would never get a band tattoo because bands usually end up sucking. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's yeah. What if what if you end up hating King, them? Or... King Crimson's your like your best. King Crimson and Voivod are your best bets. Yeah, you're pretty safe with those. Yeah, and, and when they stayed with me, they had just released the Sorcery album. This is '95 now, uh, their first full length, extremely heavy album. And we're gonna listen to a snippet of a song called, and this is one of my very favorite song titles that we've ever featured on this sh- on this podcast, uh, "Whirlwind of Withered Blossoms." <laughs> I would say practically every snippet we feature just has some just mind blowing Sylvain moment on it. I think, I guess that was the idea here. It Uh, it does. But but I also like the, the element of competition in these snippets too, because you, you can feel the band trying to sort of spar with Sylvain. Oh yeah. I, I think the tension within cataclysm really made them what they were back then. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I th- yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's that that tension between the very dominant personality of Sylvain and the you know the instrumental energy of the band. 
And in the rare times I listen to Cataclysm and and focus more on the music and again, not to disparage it, but I I am just really obsessed with, with Sylvain and I I feel like he is the focal point, but sometimes if I'll just try to draw my attention away from the vocals for a while and listen to the music that alone has plenty of intrigue in terms of how it's written, trying to puzzle it out because it's, it's hard to fathom at first, at least it It is, is, it's always been for me. And to kind of get to know the music, you have a ton of listens in this stuff to continue delving and finding things, just kind of getting your head around it. It's, it's very oddly constructed music. Well, and I, I think a lot of that is because of the fact that it was constructed around his vocals. I, I can't, think of another metal band or, or, or an extreme metal band where that's the case. No, I, th- I think that that is, is kind of unique to Cataclysm for sure. Something like Whirlwind, I listen to those vo- vocals and the speed of some of the music, the blasting. I get a whiff of like sadistic execution from Australia. Mm. They were obviously a bit more, I don't, I don't want to say traditional. Bestial. Yeah, yeah, bestial. They, they were just a little more straight ahead. You know, they weren't as not as and, and not, yeah, not as conceptual either. They were more barbaric. Sure, but 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 just the 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 insane amount of of intensity right. uh, and what they're bringing. I think it's sadistic execution level, and that's a very rare level to reach. I also hear, well, I should say. I always heard Cataclysm in that band Time Ghoul, um, ah, the American band. There, there's a, there's an element of Cataclysm to Time Ghoul, and I'm not sure if there's any influence rubbing off one way or the other there, or just a matter of shared influences. But yeah, it's a yeah, because Time Ghoul was like '92 to '94. Yeah, kind of falls maybe like same. tape trading. Yeah, 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 and actually, like the um, the '94 Time Ghoul demo is more extreme than the 92 one. So maybe, yeah, maybe they got a whiff of mystical gates and, and, and definitely there's a suffocation influence too. And I think that there's probably like, I think cataclysm was definitely listening to suffocation. Oh yeah. I mean, those guys were into all of that stuff. I I just feel like they were just not one of those bands who took that influence and just sounded like, you know, the next step off from immolation or whatever, you know what I mean? Like they, they so, they so had their own character uh, and they were out to just be as unique a band as possible. Uh, And I think it came very naturally for them, but yeah, those guys were into all that stuff. It was, it's funny because when, when they were staying with us, I I had the pleasure of actually uh, Sylvain crashed in my room, which, which was interesting. And we had some, very there's a champ song title right there (laughs) well we had some really interesting late night talks and the guy was esoteric to put it lightly and and some some of the stuff i could barely follow and (laughs) and he had such incredible visions and and he would tell me about some of the some of the ideas he had then he would get into is this obsession he had with finding these cassettes. Uh, and I guess I, I bring this up because we were kind of talking about influences and he was dying to find cassette versions of assassins, upcoming terror Sabbath's Dreamweaver and the, and the two Holy terror albums. Like these were like his Holy grails. And at the time, like 95 you know, cassettes were kind of falling out. of yeah, yeah. yeah. They were kind of falling out of vogue and like, they weren't around as much. And, you know, it was, it was hard for him to find these. And this was pre eBay and pre discogs. And I remember him like several times um, 
after he got home, sort of either writing me a letter or we would talk on the phone occasionally um, and saying, hey, have you found those the assassin cassette yet? Have you found a Sabbath cassette yet? Like, <laughs> it's crazy to get these things. I hope he eventually got them. I, I have I have no idea. Oh, uh, still vain. We hope you got those. But I like that because, you know, those are all good albums and good bands. And um, maybe is a little bit of an eye into what might have influenced him because it's not easy to, to pick out the influences here. There's really not... Uh, no. a, a lot of stuff that came before that that points directly to cataclysm where you can go aha you know this is this is where cataclysm got the inspiration it's a little hard to, to so, puzzle out i think and, and in the opposite direction and I, I frankly kind of regret this i sold my cd copy of dreamweaver to buy a glockenspiel <laughs> and again i kind of regret that but <laughs> well I got $75 for it. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. And you still have that Glockwich feel? I do. Well, good. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, at least there's that. At least there's that. How often do you play the Glockwich feel? Not as much as I would probably listen to Dreamweaver. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Let's uh, stay with sorcery. This is uh, a tune called Elder God. <laughs> very much cataclysm um i think we hear a lot of the musical side of cataclysm in that track and i think we hear maybe and i I don't know if you and sylvain talked about this but like maybe a bit of japanese hardcore speedcore influence too on the sob confuse auto side of things interesting no you know um uh, Sylvain and Maurizio were the ones I talked to the most. 
uh, JF at the time, uh, Jean-Francois didn't even know much English. So he was, he was content to just sit back and uh, eat a bunch of icy pops and watch the Simpsons VHS tapes that nice. I had. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they didn't. They never really. I don't remember them mentioning that. But of course, that's doesn't mean that that wouldn't have been of interest to them. That's a that's a good call. I I, I think some of that um, more the more melodic elements we hear in Elder God points way back to you know almost traditional metal, and it's a, yeah. little, a little surprising to hear them wield that. But when they do, I think it's I think it's that much more effective in doing so. So I really like to hear that side of them, and it's something they um, they would really only hint at here and there. But it sounds beautiful there. That's one of the reasons I, I picked that snippet. The other reason is because of that, like the 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 almost black metal ish rat a tat rapid fire yeah. craziness that he does. It, it's it's loopy as fuck, and um, it makes me think that you know he probably would have been a um, fit really well in the right kind of black metal project because he he could get into that demonic arcane kind of space as well. Sure. Yeah, and um, again, another and, and, and a lot of death metal bands sort of give lip service to you know conjuring these other worlds and and the ancient gods. Cataclysm is one of the few bands that seems actually capable of doing so. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. I, I think if you look at like early Absu, uh, this early Cataclysm stuff, th- these are these are the the few bands where it, there's just a believable element there. Right, right where where you can you can see the guys sort of standing behind the lyrical output and, and it's not hokey and it's not just some it's not a matter of image for them it's it's really something that they deeply believe in now i'm not going to lie and say that i know exactly what sylvain's talking about throughout the lyrics i mean it's very convoluted uh, i have no and, idea and for me something that i enjoy taking as an abstract i don't want to get too much into it i don't care to pull the veil off so to speak yeah. Um, but yeah, if you look at the song titles and like, you know, he's, he's, you know, numbering things out, you know, with subcategories and, and sort of subtitles and, uh, you know, like, like the, the songs we've listened to such as whirlwind of wither blossoms. Well, that's part three of the rebirth vortex of creation trilogy. <laughs> uh, or, or is it part two? It's chapter two forgotten ancestors. And then we, right. we get into elder God and that stands alone. And then the one we're going to listen to next is chapter three in the resurrected portal of heaven, uh, dead zygote, uh, subtitled dethroned son. So like, what the I mean, fuck is I going mean, on, you know, man? Duh, duh. Who doesn't understand that? <laughs> no, I know. Right. Um, yeah, come on. but it, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to look at. It certainly, uh, matches the vocals, you know, um, for him to be raving about some political thing or some crooked preacher just really wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I think that, uh, it, yeah, we're, we're well beyond that. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, on sorcery too, there's a there's an instrumental which they wouldn't do often, but uh, World of Treason appears. Let's let Sylvain take a little break. Let's uh, let's finish off our exploration of sorcery with a tune called "The Dead Zygote." <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even early on in the mystical gate stuff that we heard, there, there are these breaks and Maurizio comes in and just yep. <laughs> crushing. You know, is, uh, is it, love the sound. It, love the sound. Yeah. Is it any mystery? And I don't think we've ever talked about this, but that Scott Carlson lives so close to Canada. That's interesting. Yeah, because he I mean, he's certainly a progenitor of that that based. I think well. so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh Right. I, Maurizio kind of is the middle point between Blackie and Carlson. That's a, that's a good one. I like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love, I love the bass sound and I love when they give it the break. Cause otherwise it's a little bit smothered by everything else. Um, when, when things are just whipping <laughs> around. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so the final, the second full length and final full length with Sylvain was a thing called temple of knowledge and this came out in was this 96 yeah 96 and before you even hear anything you look at the cover and it's got this temple uh, apparently the temple of knowledge of, of not of knowledge and then you have sylvain's face on top of the temple and it, it seems really kind of pretentious i am not sure how i feel about it even now i you know i I put him on a pedestal. I put him on top of a temple. Yes, for sure. He's amazing. But I wonder what the other guys in Cataclysm thought. This is really unusual for a death metal band to kind of feature one guy on the cover, <laughs> right? It just, is. Just not something that's done in this world. And I think this is sort of like the, the, um, the logical end of his vision, or, or at least like the, the end of what, his band members could tolerate of his vision. I, I feel like it. And if you l listen to the album, I mean, it's smothered in vocals. And even for guys like us who are huge fans of this guy, it's sometimes almost it, too it's much. Too, it's too much. Yeah. I like taking this album in pieces for that reason. And thankfully, Sylvain has uh, very politely uh, gave given us three different trinities to listen to. So you can sort of take three song chunks of it. If, if you want to do it that way. Thank you, uh, Sylvain, for your trinity. The trans-inflamed memories trinity, the through the core of the damned trinity, and the era of the Aquarius trinity. So 
very compelling stuff. But yeah, he's he's just all over this thing. And uh, it's like, oh, you're playing a guitar solo. I don't care. I'm singing. no. Yeah, yeah. It, right. I mean, it, there are moments where like you, you think the music's going to breathe and it seems like a good time. And he's like, you know, like all, <laughs> I mean, it's just all over. And uh, like, look, you know, I, I'm kind of glad for it now. I think the last time I listened to this, I sent you a text. And I'm like, you know what? Because you and I have always had this similar issue with Temple where, hey, we like it, but um, it's just a lot. It's just too much to take. I'm kind of glad there's too much of it because we didn't get anything else. So looking at it through that lens, I feel like, hey, uh, you know, the, I, I want as much Sylvain Hood as I can possibly get. And well, you, you, you got plenty here. You get it yeah. <laughs> in, in yeah. Temple. There, 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 there's a lot of Sylvain. Let's, without further ado, listen to Beckoning of the Zool for a little bit of uh, witness to this. <laughs> Temple is just chock full of vocals, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Temple of vocals. <laughs> uh, slight lineup change here. Uh, Max Duhamel, who would come back, uh, left for this record and was replaced by a guy named Nick. I don't recall his last name, but um, this is how he's named in the booklet. So we'll, we'll just call, call the guy Nick. Of course, Jean-Francois, the picture Maurizio says Maurizio on it. Uh, Sylvain's picture uh, doesn't say Sylvain Hood. It says... Aquarius, Sylvain, Mars, Venus, the moon. I mean, duh. <laughs> so <laughs> we do hear a, a slight adjustment to their approach. Yes. I, I think there's partly a production thing. It's a little bit cleaner. It's a little bit less. Yeah, it's a little bit less blown out. I'd hesitate to say normal. It's a little less abnormal, perhaps, than than the previous stuff. It's it just it's a curious shift because Sylvain kind of goes the other way. Like he, you know, he's taking it to the absolute extreme where they're, they seem to be kind of reining in just a little bit. Um, again, I think part of that's the production, like the drum yeah. sound is very 
natural. The drums actually sound kind of small on this. They don't, they, they're not, they're a little bit tame actually. And I think the guitar sound is a little bit tame. It's just not as well. Human. And you know, I think that it's probably, I think it's telling of the tensions within the band and where the other guys wanted to go and where Sylvain wanted to go. Yeah, definitely. And they're still, they're still playing along with the chaos for sure. It's just a, it, it different sound and I, i've never yeah. really loved the sound of it but again you know i'll i'll take it and i and i do like that it's at least showing them pulling somewhere else uh, rather than giving us sorcery part two they uh labeled their music uh you know on stickers and flyers and whatnot i think on maybe on some early cds as um northern hyperblast and with that in mind and with the the, the spelling of cataclysm being with a k of course if you look up on metal archives, there's a really lame black metal band from Greece that call themselves Northern Cataclysm. And it's really annoying because every time you search for Cataclysm on metal archives, it doesn't bring it up immediately. You have to pick between Cataclysm and this dodgy Northern Cataclysm. And just the picture alone on, of this Northern Cataclysm band on metal archives. And I'm thinking that's really highly unoriginal for, for uh, <laughs> a band to take the name Northern Cataclysm well, and with a K. And they're from Greece. Like, it makes no sense. Like, yeah. and you look at the picture and you, you imagine that they, they don't musically actually have a lot in common with Cataclysm. I, I, it's, it befuddles me. It, you know, should be illegal, basically, to, well, to act in such a manner. Yeah, you, know, you, you, you uh, spool through metal archives, you'll see a lot of things that you're probably... <laughs> right. The things that you, you're going to be very intolerant of, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about that video of Sylvain that I sent you? Um, sure. Uh, unsettling. There's, yeah, there's there's a piece uh, of an interview with Sylvain. What is that? About 20 minutes long, I think. Yeah. Uh, from Is it from like 2000? It's later. It's later. I'm not exactly sure when. And I didn't really look into it too much. I had just stumbled upon it, you know, as you do out there in um, Internet land. But I sent it to you not too long ago. This is a couple months ago. And he's, um, it's Sylvain. He's clearly not in Cataclysm anymore. He looks a little bit older. Um, still got the long hair and the, he's growing a long beard by now. And it's, it's rather sad. He's talking about a relationship that broke up that really sent him into a tailspin, went through a ton of depression. He just seems so incredibly vulnerable. And with a voice that just is so immortal and inhuman and above all earthly concerns. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a little bit alarming to see him as a very vulnerable and, and kind of sad, human. very sad human, human being. My, my, my real takeaway is that I just so wish that he could have found musicians to play with because in this interview, he's also lamenting that he can't find anybody, which I find. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's a big ask to, <laughs> to get instrumental players who are willing to basically build songs around vocals. Because it seems indeed that that's what he would sort of demand. Because he's got such that you know that. I vision. think I think his, yes, yeah. I think yeah. his vision is so stern that he will accept nothing less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it's, then it becomes kind of no wonder that uh, he hasn't surfaced again. I have no idea where he's at now. I wish him the best because For sure. although I found him hard to fathom 
at times because these, these guys stayed with me about four or five days. They were kind of between tours and festival appearances or something. And, and it just, um, they, they had a, a few days off and to get to know them was really wonderful. All great guys. And um, Sylvain, I, I was, you know, given privileged time with, and like I said, although I found him a little bit hard to fathom at times, I also found him to be really, really, really sweet, you know, underneath it all, just, just a really caring sensitive kind of person sure. um one uh, again one of one of those many that we've come across where their art must be it's almost opposite uh, of the way they act it's you you would never guess uh from the, the quiet uh, soft-spoken sylvain that he's gonna explode like that on stage we're gonna listen to a bit of a song called the awakener just to get a little more taste of sylvain and hood era cataclysm and sylvain at a, a perfect point in tension yeah yeah this is like, one of the strongest ones on this album i think absolutely absolutely this shows where that band potentially could have gone yeah and we will never know what a drop off i mean he leaves they do that victims of this fallen world album which come on it's it's, it's kind of bad uh and then they just kind of recovered and and changed the style it's just different and certainly I, I think it lacks the magic and it's going to because sylvain was a huge part of this machine again i love jf i love uh, Maurizio especially i got to know pretty well always wish those guys well but for me it's all about that early era and the magic they created with sylvain yep. and i kind of you know it's one of those things too where I, i'm not sure i want sylvain to come back i mean i want him to be happy i want him to be creative but as as, as a selfish fan you, you you want an untarnished legacy and those don't happen very often um, no, it's very rare thing. there's always somebody no matter how great they are you're stumbling a bit and that's just part of the creative process and we accept that but uh yeah for me sylvain remains untouched it's uh it's kind of like the two holy terror albums that band never made a misstep they didn't give themselves time to make a misstep nope. <laughs> uh, nope. so kind of grateful for that hats off to sylvain hood wherever you are the hood abides
So yeah, that concludes a, a, a brief little look at early cataclysm. We, we, we intended to keep it brief knowing that it had, we were going to be a little bit rusty, but we're going to really challenge ourselves in the next few episodes. And uh, Hunter, you want to tell our listeners what to expect for episode 67? Yes. Uh, without giving away too much, we are going to be looking into French rock and metal and its very personal engagement with terror. Uh, and this will be a survey conducted over several decades. We're going to call it macabre Prague. It can be called nothing else. <laughs> Join us at RadicalResearch.org. You can find all episodes there from number one to, uh, well, as, as we keep going, we're pushing toward uh, the line to 100. You can find shirts there. You can find Canvas Solaris CDs there. You can find my first book, Mean Deviation. Unfortunately, right now, Soul on Fire is sold out. And uh, soon I'll have the Fate's Warning book up on that site. What else can people find there? Playlists. Please join us. Essays. Oh yeah, let's let's not forget up the blog. Uh, oh, Hunter's done some fine writing on the blog, amongst other things. We've had interviews with uh, various artists that we've covered in episodes. Going to keep trying to do more of that as we go. And you can always hit us up on Facebook and uh, join our join the fun. We uh, we do a lot of playlist trading with our listeners, uh, discography rankings and and whatnot. Thanks again for listening. And Radical Research episode sixty seven shouldn't be too far off. We promise. Thanks again. And uh, glad you're glad you're among the living, Hunter. Oh, happy to be. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good night and Godspeed. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit?